welcome to this session of Winning Words, where we speak life to influence others. This is your host, Ross Jelseth, and I'm excited to share with you today the concept of best ideas, best practices. Best ideas, best practices. I had the opportunity several years ago to gather together a group of business leaders from the greater Tacoma area. Some worked in for-profits. They owned their own business. Some worked for large companies in an executive leadership role. Some worked in nonprofits, and some worked and provided leadership in government-related service organizations. The 15 or so people in the room came together to share with one another. And the focus was on best ideas that your organization, you and leadership, have implemented in the past six months, which affected the entire organization, so to speak. So it wasn't idea or two for a few people in the organization. The organization felt the emphasis of the best idea, the best practice. So here we go. Again, the question that I asked them was, what's the best idea that you have implemented in your organization in the past six months? Part of this speaks to the importance, in my opinion, of continuous improvement. Continuously asking ourselves the question, how can we improve? How can we do better? How can we increase market share? In that regard, asking ourselves that question within leadership team conversations and analyzing the input. Listening is a part of gaining best ideas, best practices. Many minds collectively together can result in great ideas, great concepts, and great opportunities identified to make improvements. So I'm going to give you today several of these answers to this question. What's the best idea that you have implemented in your organization in the past six months? Here we go. The first one that was tossed out was focus on serving the client and the customer. Now, you might say, well, that's common sense. But for that organization, they really felt like at that time, they really needed to increase and improve their focus on service. And who did they want to feel the effects of that idea? The clients that they had and the customers that they had. There's an old analogy that if you don't take care of your customers, somebody else will. Meaning, you'll lose them. So that was the first one. Focus on serving clients and customers. A second answer was to move the focus to success. To move the focus to success. And I remember the discussion about this in the presentation was that people were coming to work in the organization like they had been doing, 
But they were just focusing on the mundane. They were focusing on the routine. They were focusing on what they were paid to do. So this group decided, we're going to choose to focus on success. So what they did is they identified what success would look like in several different arenas. Data, feeling tone, culture, appearance, and so on. So, for example, right out of the shoots, they did a facelift for the organization. So everybody walking in, employees included, leaders included, and clients and customers that walked in, all felt like, wow, this is a nice place. There's a focus here on quality. So that was the second. The third one was to create an environment of positive improvements. To create an environment of positive improvements. Now, to do so, the leaders in the organization had to make everyone aware of the fact that they were looking for people to identify positive improvements in their area. And collectively, the organization would get better because the individuals in their various departments, in their various roles, were looking for positive improvements. And they would literally ask their people, what positive improvement can you make within your efforts here? And they also created a reporting mechanism whereby which those positive improvements were shared. So the group of employees, including the group of leaders, could easily discern that there was an environment of positive improvements. Why? Because they highlighted them. Analogy number two, what gets measured gets done. In this situation, If you're going to ask for positive improvements, then recognizing them and sharing them became a way of measuring and letting people know we are working to positively improve the organization. Here's a fourth one. Strong communication with employees, keeping employees involved and engaged. I don't remember how large that organization was, how many employees they had. But the leadership, the ownership of this business felt that it was important to create a better communication plan and do a better job of getting the communication not just sent, to the employees, spoken to the employees, but read by or heard by the employees. And then part of that was the communication would increase the engagement of the employees as well. So they were expecting a result. They were going to want to increase engagement. And part of increasing engagement was to increase communication with employees. Sometimes we as leaders assume that our people know what we want from them. And over time, 
the assumption gets gray. Over time, the assumption leads to lack of understanding, lack of clarity, and lack of follow-through. Oh, I didn't realize you want it done that way. Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Oh, I didn't think of that. All of those excuses, so to speak, speak to lack of communication, lack of understanding, lack of clarity. The fifth one I'm going to give you is, and this was really a narrowing of focus, and it is simply this, focus on our mission, our plan, and communicate with clarity the goals that we have as an organization, as a business. Focus on mission. In other words, fine-tune, narrow the focus. Focus on the plan to accomplish the mission. You've got to have a plan alongside of the mission. And then making sure that everyone understands. Communicate the vision whereby which we're going to accomplish it. Communicate the goals. Tie job performance to goals. The next one was two questions that this organization came up with. They felt like they needed to really examine their business. My sense is they may have drifted. My sense is maybe they took on too much. And their answer was asking themselves within the business, within the organization, two questions. Do we need to be doing this? Do we need to be doing this? In other words, was what they were doing helping them or hindering them? Was it essential? Or were they simply doing it because they've been doing it? The second question was, is what we are doing being done effectively? In other words, every day in that organization, people were busy. But were they busy effectively or ineffectively? Was there efficiency or inefficiency? And that's an interesting question in itself because to discern via data study and doing analysis of functions, we come up with the realization that, yes, we're doing this quite well. Or, no, we're not very effective with this. So that was another one. Two questions. Do we need to be doing this? I think that's a that's a great question periodically because there is such a thing, no question about it, as mission drift. We started out selling cereal, but before long we were selling bread as well. We used to be the best at selling cereal. But then when we took on bread, we lost some of our edge. It's just a simple little example. Sometimes we can take on what we really didn't intend to be doing. And then second, are we doing what we're doing effectively? The next answer to this question, what's the best idea of you implemented in the past six months? And it related to company-wide 
performance assessment model. Up until that point in time, this organization, yes, they'd done performance assessment, but they had not done it across the entire organization within the same type of assessment. So they adopted a performance assessment model that everyone knew how they were being evaluated and everyone knew how everyone else in the organization. So there was clear understanding of performance assessment. It wasn't just, well, how are you doing in your role? But instead, collectively measuring the performance of everybody. And and part of it, to understand this uh, clearly, was not a function of assessing performance for the purpose of catching people doing things wrong. But it was also a swing to catching people doing things well. In other words, they were focusing on the high achievers. They were focusing on and applauding and affirming performance that was advancing the organization. Powerful. Whatever you look for, you'll find. If you look for negative, you'll you'll find negative. If you look for positive, you'll find positive. So performance assessment was one of those best ideas. Another answer to this question was looking for opportunities to change. Looking for opportunities to change. And isn't that an interesting phenomenon? We can become harnessed, so to speak, by continually just simply doing the same things we've been doing. And we as organizations are not intentional enough about asking ourselves the question, what opportunity do we have to change? What would change look like? Who would be most involved in change? How would change affect our customers? How would change affect our product line? How would change affect our people? So looking for opportunities to change and then most importantly, and this is a struggle for a lot of people and a lot of organizations, to see change as a positive. One of the statements that I've made over the years, and it's not a Rossism, so to speak, but the one constant life is change. But do we really grasp change and do we connect with change from a standpoint of the positive it can bring? Are we intentional enough about looking out for change? How can we change? Powerful. A couple more. One of the organizations answered the question this way. Identify our fears. You know, the, the, it's either fear or it's failure. It's either fear or confidence. And if you stop and think about this, 
if an organization and the people within it have a fear mentality, they're always on edge, they're always nervous about, oh, if I do this, something bad's going to happen, and so on. Fear can bind up an organization. It holds people back. Fear in a culture does not allow people to take risks and to advance with new ideas and new initiatives. Instead, fear causes people to simply keep doing what they've been doing and protect what it is that they've been doing. On the flip side, identifying those fears, and here's what the the owner of that business said to us. A, a, A culture had been created whereby which the employees felt like they needed the bosses, the owners' permission to do any and everything because they were afraid that they would do the wrong thing. By identifying the fears that existed within the business culture and the organization, they were able to wash them out, flush them out, so to speak. And then the ownership and leadership were able to let the employees know, you know what, we've got to overcome these fears. We've got to displace these fears and we want to create a culture where you don't have to be fear conscious. Instead, you can be faith and performance conscious. You can take risks. You can make changes. We have the latitude to operate with optimism as compared to uncertainty. It's a bit like learning how to ride a bicycle. When we learn how to ride a bicycle, initially we're into the getting on and the balance function and moving the pedals, so to speak. But as we get more confident, we get on without thinking, we start to move the pedals, the bike moves. And as we get more confident, we also are in a situation where we ride the bike, what? Faster. We increase the speed. Why? Because we're confident. We're not riding the bike with fear. Just a simple illustration. One more. And this is really a coaching point when it comes to the hiring process and the promotion process. This is a people process. And the answer to the question, again, what's the best idea that your business has implemented in the past six months? This answer was this. Surround yourself with the best people. Surround yourself with the best people. Isn't that as simple as it sounds? It's really about having the best players. The best players will equate to all other things being equal, the best performance. I was a career football coach of 36 years. And looking back on it, I was fortunate. I was a part of a national championship college football team coaching there as an assistant coach. I've been a part of conference champions, been a a part of teams that have had great success over years, a pattern of success. But I've also had, I've coached a team with lesser talent 
and didn't win a game. So I've experienced both ends of it. In 36 years, you pretty much experience everything there is. But my point is that the best people, and here's where this fits within organizations. When people change, either they leave your organization and or you help them to leave, which is part of the process, part of communication. There's a key decision to be made. In replacing that position with someone new, is the person you're about to bring on to your team the very best you can find? If you're you're settling for less than the very best, maybe because you can only afford to pay lesser, you're you're going to get lesser. Because again, all things being equal, surround yourself with the best people. And this is especially uh, true the closer we get to the top of the organization. If the owner of a business has a leadership team of five people, if he's got the sharpest business manager, if he's got the sharpest sales manager, if he's got the best shop person, if he's got the best floor person, if he's got the best employee relations person, it's going to be a thriving organization. But lesser than that, they're not going to be the best. Find the best people to have a shot at being the best. So there we are. Today's podcast, Best Ideas, Best Practices. Everyone in the room answered the question, what's the best idea that you have implemented in the past six months? And to summarize this, creating an environment where positive was expected, increasing communication, focus on mission, developing performance assessments, asking the difficult questions. Do we need to be doing this? Are we doing it effectively? Identifying our fears, surrounding oneself with the best people, focusing on serving the client and customer better, focus on success, create an environment of positive improvements. A lot of these are not difficult in word, in verbiage, but in terms of best, best ideas, best practices, there you have them. Thanks for listening in. Hope this helps you in your role and your organization. It's been my pleasure. Winning words where we speak life to influence others. Thanks for listening in. Please feel free to share this with others in your organization or others that you know that would benefit from this. Winning words, Jelseth and Associates, where we also provide consulting and coaching services to business to leaders, to nonprofit organizations. Thanks again for tuning in. God's best to you.